Welcome to another episode of the Top Podcast, Truth Over Popularity. I'm your host, Brad Odeman Jr. The world we live in has numerous opinions of what truth is. I'm here to shine light on absolute truth regardless of its popularity. This podcast will focus on topics surrounding the Bible, how our current political climate is directly tied to Bible prophecy, along with a few other passions of mine, health, fitness, and an occasional golf conversation. If any of these topics interest you or could benefit someone you know, please be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend or family member. I hope this podcast adds value and perspective to your life. Let's dive in. Today is a very important episode, something that I am passionate about. Obviously, I'm passionate about the whole Bible but this is something that we really need to understand correctly. And I'm afraid the teachings out there are predominantly incorrect. And I know that's a strong statement, but I'm going to show you today scripturally that the majority of teachings on this topic are not biblically sound and biblically accurate and everything I want to believe, everything I want to share needs to be directly from the word of God. It's not going to be my ideas, not going to be somebody else's ideas who I highly respect, and I'm just going to take them and run with them. I want everything I believe to be backed up by scripture without a shadow of a doubt. So today we are going to find the United States in your Bible. And that right there might shock you. However, I don't really think it should. Even if you have never seen a scripture before about this or this topic, why would the United States not be in the Bible? We are the most dominant, successful nation to ever exist. Why would we not be in the Bible? Why would we not be prophesied about? So just a little bit of common sense alone would lend one to think, yeah, I would... I would bet that the United States is in the Bible. And this is critical to understand. And and we're not only going to discover the United States in the Bible. A more important thing that we're going to find is that there are modern nations right now on the earth that are prophesied in your Bible. Thus, we can determine when Jesus is going to return to this earth. Now we might not know the specific day. However, there are scriptures that would lend one to get very close. And I know this is flying in the face of so much of what the uh, of what is out there and the teaching on this topic is. But hang with me because all I'm going to do is show you scripture. And then you can kind of make up your mind although the Bible is very clear about this. So we are going and again, why is this so important? This, this is so important because we are living in the day and age of Jesus' second coming. People talk about it all the time, that we need to be rapture ready, et cetera, et cetera. I totally agree. However, the rapture is not going to happen tomorrow. It's not even going to happen next year, and there's scripture for all that. However, the nations that are on the earth, Jesus is going to return during the day and age of these nations that I'm going to talk about today. So I, I had a question from one of our dear friends uh, a couple weeks back, and 
she said, how, do you know that, like, how do you know that Jesus is going to be coming back during our lifetime if we live, you know, a normal lifestyle or if we live, if we live a normal, a normal life? And so I, it, it's, that's a loaded question. So I began to share with her some scripture as to why we know that. So let's dive into this topic today. I'm going to read a lot of scripture because everything that I believe comes directly from the Word of God. And I'm not going to deep dive into each little topic because that would be a three-hour podcast, and I'm going to emphasize more of these podcasts as we uh, as we go along throughout the year because it's so critical we understand this, and this topic is so widely misunderstood. And it's important. If you think that we're going to be gone before any trials or tribulations come, and we're going to be out of here before the Antichrist is on the scene, and then all of a sudden we're here, that's a radically different mindset. And it's it's a dangerous mindset if you are so reliant on the former, and it's actually going to be the latter, as the Bible says. And I know these, these are strong statements I'm making, and I promise you in just a second I'm going to show you all the scriptures for it. But it's, it's truly imperative that we throw tradition out the window and that we dive into the Bible and really find out what the Word of God says. It's absolutely critical. This will also give us peace and hope during the times that are going to come. I mean, it's, it's no secret when you turn on the news that World War III has talked about all the time. One world government is talked about all the time. One world currency talked about all the time. Tracking people is talked about all the time. Folks, they are discussed. They don't even know what they're discussing, but they're discussing Bible prophecy right before our eyes. And to me, it's exciting because I know I was created for such a time as this and that we are going to be strong and do exploits during all the craziness, but we can have peace through it. We can have hope through it, and we can win souls through it. So let's dive in to some scripture here. And if I jump around a little bit, it's because there's a lot of scripture, and um, I'll, I'll try to make this make sense as, as much as possible. So Daniel 12, verse 9. First of all, Daniel is one of the most prophetic books in the Bible, as well as the book of Revelation. Those two books in general are two of the most prophetic books in the entire Bible. So Daniel 12, 9, and I'm going to be reading out of the NLT. The NLT is a little bit more reader-friendly, and so it's going to be easier to understand when we're talking about these, these symbols. Daniel 12, verse 9, But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. So we see right here that Daniel didn't understand. He was asking the Lord, what, what, do, what do all these symbols mean? When is this stuff all going to take place? And he said, that's not for you to know. That's for the people of the end to know, which is why we are beginning to understand what is taking place because we are the people of the end. That's us. It's exciting. It's very, very exciting. 
Let's go to Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of the great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. Now, we need to pay very close attention to each one of these descriptions of these beasts. And later on in the, in the, in the chapter, it tells you what these beasts represent. So we can start to put this puzzle together. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being and it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the root to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. We know that this little horn that had eyes like a, like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly is the Antichrist. There are many different names for the Antichrist. Many different names. Son of Perdition, the little horn, Antichrist, in the book of Revelation, he's referred to as the beast. So there's many different names to describe this last day one world dictator. Verse number nine of chapter seven. I watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothes, his clothing was as white as snow, his hair like a purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministering to him, ministering to him. Many millions stood to attend them. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. That's describing Jesus Christ coming back and setting up his kingdom on the earth. Revelation 19, verse 20, I want to jump to really quick to just show some more correlation between these two scriptures and that the Antichrist is going to be ruling with the false prophet in these last days. Revelation 19.20, And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So we see right here, this is a different topic for a different time, but there is going to be a one-world dictator, 
an antichrist, and then there is going to be a false prophet, a religious and a political leader. That's very clearly seen throughout Scripture. Let's go to Daniel 7, verse 12, continue reading. The other three beasts, excuse me, let me back up really quick. Daniel 7, 11. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. Again, remember, that's the Antichrist. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a while longer. So we see right here in the early parts of Daniel chapter 7, these descriptions of of these beasts, and it's kind of like, what in the world's going on? They're hard to understand. But we do know that during the time of these beasts, that Jesus is going to set up his kingdom and rule and reign for a thousand years, and three of these beasts are going to have their lives prolonged, so not everybody's going to be destroyed. Their lives are going to be allowed to be prolonged to live a while longer. So we know right here in Daniel chapter 7 that during the time of these beasts, whatever these beasts mean, we don't know just yet that Jesus is going to be returning. It's astounding and it's 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 incredible. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7 verse 17. Let's skip down a little bit. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. Boom, there we go. These four huge beasts that we that we just talked about are going to be four kingdoms that are going to arise for the earth. Okay, great. Now we know these beasts are going to be kings, nations that are going to arise during the second coming of Jesus. That's incredible. So now the million dollar question is, can we recognize these beasts? And this is where things get a little uh, twisted with the traditional teaching of this prophecy. And this prophecy is so critical to understand because if you get this, if you can understand that these nations are going to be here at the second coming of Jesus, then you will understand the timing of the second coming. You have to get this first because Daniel's prophecy in chapter 7 directly correlates to Revelation chapter 13. You have to get this correct. Many people think that Daniel chapter 2, the beast described there, is the same beast in Revelation 7. It is absolutely not. The traditional teaching of these beasts is that the lion is Babylon, the bear is Media Persia, the leopard is Greece, and the ten-horned kingdom was Rome. We know that most of those kingdoms and nations are, are done and gone. And we just read here earlier that these kingdoms and nations are going to be here at the time that Jesus establishes his kingdom. So if those, if that teaching was accurate, then those nations should be nations that are on the earth right now. So this throws a huge wrench into the traditional teaching, and we just need to understand the what the Bible says. It's critical. It's critical. So 
the traditional teaching again, the lion, Babylon, bear, media, Persia, the leopard is Greece, and the ten-horned kingdom is Rome. However, let's jump to Daniel chapter 8, verse 20. This answers the question. Then he said, I am here to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath. What you have seen pertains to the very end of time. The two-horned ram represents the king. He begins to describe these other visions of a ram and a goat, totally separate from the beasts that I was just reading about. It says in Daniel 8, verse 20, the two-horned ram represents the kings of Media Persia. So that would automatically not correlate with the teaching that most people understand as, well, I thought that the bear is Media Persia. When we see right here that it says the two-horned ram represents the king of Media Persia, he goes on to say the shaggy male goat represents the king of Greece. Well, I thought that the leopard was Greece. And so we see that there's, there's already some trouble here in the traditional teaching of, of these beasts. And if this isn't making sense, it, it's kind of, it, if, if you have your Bible open and you're reading along with me, it's gonna, wait, it's gonna make way more sense. It's gonna make way more sense. And this will take a little bit of time to understand. But if you can get this, it's worth studying because it will open your eyes to the truth of the timing of all this. And it's important that we understand it. So right here we see that this, this traditional teaching can't be. First of all, Ram, Media Persia, he go to Greece. That's that's a critical thing to understand there. Plus, all these nations we just read in chapter 7 must exist at the time of second coming, at the second coming of Jesus. These nations don't exist any longer. Babylon, Media Persia, they're, they're done and gone with. So let's go back to Daniel to see if we can start to understand what these nations are are describing. And I'm going to hit the treetop version of some of these because, again, I don't want to keep you here all day. It's incredible. Please go read it for yourself. There is some incredible teaching by End of the Age. It's called The End Time Show. They're on all your podcast apps. They're on YouTube. They have their own app. It's called End Time Plus. I highly recommend you check these folks out. They're incredible. But they will have so many videos that I have spent hours watching that will deep dive into each one of these. And um, it's just revolutionary. It's, it's incredible. It can really ease your anxiety during the times that we're living in because there is so much turmoil going on in our world today. That's no secret so much unrest and hopelessness it's it to, to me it really cements these prophecies and i know for a fact that we are in the time of the second coming of jesus and that is so 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 exciting so daniel 7 4 let's go through these beasts 
pretty quickly. The lion, Daniel 7.4, the first beast was like a lion and it had eagle's wings. These were, first of all, these beasts were picked purposefully. God doesn't do anything on accident. He doesn't just randomly select an animal and a symbol to be used in the Bible. He wants us to understand. It's said in Daniel chapter 12 that these are going to be for the people of the end. Those who are wise will understand. This is for us to understand. So the first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. This was, again, selected on purpose. If you go to Google right now and you type in the nation that uh, the lion is 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 the main symbol for that nation. You're gonna find one thing pop up. I did this yesterday. You're gonna find one thing pop up, and it's incredible. It is Great Britain. If you go into uh, the Webster's Dictionary, the symbol of Great Britain is a lion. If you travel over there, I have not, but I've seen many many pictures. The lion is all over the place in Great Britain. So we see here that the lion is Great Britain. As you continue to read, this lion had eagle's wings. And it says, as I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being and it was given a human mind. Where did, or let let me ask you this, what major nation in the world today has an eagle as its symbol, and also came out of Great Britain. It's no secret. It's the United States of America. It's incredible. God wants us to understand the times that we are lit, that we are in, and he wants us to know that we are living in the day and age of the second coming of Jesus. It's incredible that Daniel saw the breaking away of the United States from Great Britain, 25, 3,000 years ago. Just re- remarkable. It also says that we were given two feet like a man to stand, and, and, and it was given a human mind. You also know that we have another symbol, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is not so much talked about now, but he was... I mean, it's it's clear as day that he was a massive symbol, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's no secret that, you know, we, we, we all know who Uncle Sam is. You know, you, you got to give Uncle Sam his taxes. You, you got to pay Uncle Sam. We, you, you hear it all the time. So this is just, it's incredible that the United States is talked about right here in Daniel chapter 4, along with Great Britain, who we know is currently on the world stage. This might not be something that was purposeful. I don't know. I don't think God does anything on accident. But this verse that the United States is prophesied in is Daniel 7, 4. The breaking away of the United States from Great Britain is July 4th, 1776, 7 476. Pretty cool nonetheless. I'm not saying that's incredibly prophetic. However, I don't I don't think it was an accident. Pretty amazing. So the eagle is without a doubt 
our national symbol. It's it's everywhere. It's on our dollar bills, our government buildings, etc. So I, I think it is without a shadow of a doubt, we can understand that that is Great Britain and the United States, especially because we know that these beasts, which are nations and kingdoms, must be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus. Let's look at the second beast, Daniel 7, 5, the bear. Then I saw a second beast and it looked like a bear. It was rearing it was rearing up on one side and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, get up, devour the flesh of many people. Again, what's really cool about this is if you go to Google and you type in what major nation has a bear symbol, you're going to hit the nail on the head every time because these are cemented. The bear, you've probably heard this, is Russia, the Russian bear. Time Magazine, May 21st, 1984, there was a symbol of a bear taking a chunk out of the Olympic symbol because they were boycotting the Olympics. Again, if you Google the animal symbol of Russia, you're going to get the bear. It's everywhere. God knew 2,500 years ago we would have access to this information and be able to piece these things together. It says, get up, devour the flesh of many people. Russia has been involved in most of all the major wars that have happened in our world. It's no secret. It's going on right now. Russia, Ukraine. It's, it's so obvious. I mean, I mean, God is, is placing this right in front of our eyes. It's, it's amazing. Let's go to Daniel 7, verse 6 now. The leopard. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird wings. In other translation, it says fowl, fowl wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. The leopard here is Germany. Again, do the old Google trick. It's amazing. We see many other examples. The world's number one tank in the world is the leopard tank. It's incredible. Does the rest fit? One nation, there is one nation that has started and been involved with the, la the last three major wars, the Franco-German War, World War I, and World War II, all started by Germany. It says here that dominion was given to the leopard. Power was given to the leopard. It, it's... it's it, it, it gets me excited when I hear about this. Let's go to the Newsweek magazine, April 9th, 1984. The German malady says this, and I quote, Since the time of Charlemagne, the area that is now Germany has been the pivot of European history. In the last 120 years, the Germans have dominated Europe intellectually, industrially, and militarily. Awesome. Just cementing again these scriptures. We know that it has four heads on the leopard. What does that mean? Each one of these heads represents the rise and the fall of that nation. There have been three previous Reichs. You've probably heard that before. We are currently in the fourth Reich. In the four wings of a fowl or rooster, we see this. If you go, what is the symbol of a rooster? What nation symbol is a rooster? You're going to get it. It's France. 
It's awesome. The Franco-German alliance, France and Germany have worked together to build the European Union. They have worked hand in hand for years. So we see that these beasts right here, it's so easy to understand because we know that these beasts have to be here at the time of the second coming of Jesus. That is such a pivotal a pivotal thing to understand. Let's go to Daniel 7:7. 7, 7. Then in my vision that night I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts and it had 10 horns. What are the 10 horns? Let's go to Daniel 7:24. It's 10 horns are 10 kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will arise different from the other 10 who will subdue three of them. So we see right here that these 10 horns are going to be 10 kings. Let's go to Revelation 17, 12 through 14. It's incredible because all of this fits together so good. You don't have to make anything up. It fits together like a perfect puzzle. Revelation 17, 12 through 14 says this, the 10 horns of the beast are 10 kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast or Antichrist. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together they will go to war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of lords <laughs> in the name of Jesus and he's king of kings and, he, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Aren't you thankful for that? That we know that this war and these nations are going to come against the kingdom of God, but we know who has the final say. We know who has the final say. So we see these 10, this, this 10 horns is 10 kings and kingdoms that are going to come together to form one alliance, the one world ideology, which we see forming right now. This is going to come together. So this also cements that the Antichrist will rule all the way up until the second coming, all the way up until the battle of Armageddon, when the called, chosen, and faithful will all be with Jesus. I want to be called, chosen, and faithful. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Time and chance happens to everybody, the Bible says. But are you going to choose to follow Jesus? Are you going to choose to be born again according to the scriptures and follow and live a life of holiness and separation unto him? Because it says chosen and faithful. We've got to be faithful. If you're hearing this today, you're called. You've got to make a decision to want to be chosen and want to be faithful to God. So I think it's pretty obvious when you look at these scriptures, and this is just the treetop versions again, that these kingdoms are going to be here at the time of the second coming, and these kingdoms match up perfectly with nations that are on the earth right now. Let's go to Daniel 2. 44, and 
dig in a little bit more on the traditional teaching side. So we see the head of gold, chest of silver, belly and arm of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingle with clay. These are nations, again, many years ago. I'm going to read Daniel 2.44. During the reigns of those kings, this is talking about, let me back up real quick, actually. Daniel chapter 2, verse 41. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and Actually, you know what? Let me do this. I'm going to go back and read the first vision in Daniel chapter 2 that most people think are the same as Daniel chapter 7. Daniel 2 verse 31. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he wants Daniel to interpret that dream. Daniel says, In your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of gold. Its chest and arms were silver, its belly and thighs were bronze, its legs were iron, and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. The wind blew them away without a trace, like, ch like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was the dream. Now we will tell the king what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, strength, and honor. He has made you the ruler over all inhabited world, over all the inhabited world, and has put even the wild animals and birds under your control. You are the head of gold. So we see right here, he is the head of gold. But after your kingdom comes to an end, he's telling him right then and there, you're not going to be here at the time of the second coming. There's going to be many, many nations and kingdoms after you. But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. Here is where it gets important. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay. It will have some of strength of iron, but will have some parts of it will be as strong as iron. Other parts will be as weak as clay. Let me read that again. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this kingdom will be divided. Like iron mixed with clay, it will have some of the strength of iron. But while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage. But they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. This is the critical part right here. During the reigns of these kings, so these ten toes, we know that in Daniel 7 are the ten horns, are the ten kings 
and the 10 nations that are going to be in alliance at the end of the age. During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands that crushed to pieces the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. It says, the dream is true and its meaning is certain. This is a critical portion to understand during the reigns of those kings. The kings in Daniel chapter 7 and in Revelation chapter 13 the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. We know that these nations have to be modern nations. These nations have to be nations that are on the earth right now because it says during the reigns of those kings, that's when God's going to come back and set up his kingdom. I, I, you, you can probably tell I'm getting excited because it's, it's so black and white. It's, it's right there in your Bible. You just have to put the pieces together correctly. I want to jump real quick. I'm almost done. Daniel 7, chapter 23. I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 7, verse 23. Then he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth power that will rule the world. It'll be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. What did we just talk about? The ten toes are these ten horns and ten kings. It's the same thing. Then another king will arise different from the other ten who will subdue three of them. That's the Antichrist. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. So I, I just have a question here. We see he will defy the Most High. He's going to mock God and pretend to be God. He, and, and, and he's also, it says, going to oppress the holy people of the Most High. I hope that's you. I hope that's me. I, I want to be the holy people of the Most High. But most people, the majority of Christendom thinks that we're going to be gone. Thinks that we are not even going to be here when the Antichrist is on the scene. Folks, the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says otherwise. It goes on to say he will try to change their sacred festivals and laws and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half years. This is a different study for a different time, but we know in Revelation chapter 12, it says that the eagle stands with Israel. So we do not believe, according to the scriptures, that we are going to be a part of this end-day battle of Armageddon. It's going to be centralized in the region surrounding Israel. Again, different study for a different time. But when you really look at these scriptures... It is so exciting. It is revolutionary to your understanding of the end times. It brings so much confidence in the word of God when you can show a non-believer or somebody who doesn't really know if the Bible is true or doesn't really know if God exists or doesn't know if the, if, if the, if the born-again experience is a must, when you can show somebody that the prophecies in our Bible directly correlate to our news and to our world right now. 
it brings so much validation to the word of God. I am so thankful that the Lord gave me a desire to understand these prophecies. And I'm so thankful that Brother Baxter, Brother Irvin Baxter, dedicated his entire life virtually to understanding these prophecies and gave himself over and submitted himself to the Lord so that a guy like me can have a chance. Brother Irvin Baxter, I can't, you're probably listening from heaven right now. And I, I can't wait to meet you someday. But God bless Brother Dave Robbins, Brother Vince Stegall, and Brother Doug Norvell for continuing to take the torch and running forward with it to try to get people to understand the prophecies of the Bible. Why? So that we can bring validation to the Word of God, so that we can point them to the most important part of the Bible, the salvation message the born-again experience in John chapter 3 and in Acts 2.38. That is the most critical part. But these prophecies need to be understood correctly so that we can have a better understanding of the times that we're living in. We should not be living in fear. We should not be living in a state of anxiety. This book brings security no matter what you're going through. Bible says, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. We got to understand these prophecies. We got to understand the Bible. You got to seek, you got to knock, you got to want to study it. It's not just going to happen by accident. Please go back and study and dig into these. Ask me questions, shoot me a message, shoot me a text message, whatever it is. I want to help people understand the prophecies of the Bible because it's, it's not just about the prophecies. It's way bigger than that. Because if you're wrong on the prophecies and you're wrong on the timing of these prophecies, you're going to have a way different perspective when things are, are turning out differently than what is taught or, or than, than what is taught and preached over 90% of pulpits in our, in our movement. In, in Christianity as a whole. There's not one scripture in your entire Bible that proves a pre-tribulation rapture, and there's not one scripture in your Bible that shows that there's a seven-year tribulation, or there's also not one scripture in your Bible that shows that the wrath of God is the great tribulation. No, no, no. We're going to go into these other topics in the coming weeks. And if you think there's a scripture there, please send it to me. Send it to me. Send me all the scriptures. I, I'm a truth seeker at the end of the day. I want to know what's right. I want to know what the word of God says. I want to know what's true. I hope this can give you some perspective. I hope this can help you understand a little bit more. I hope it's something for you to chew on and go back to your Bible and really dive into these prophecies, it's going to bring a lot of validation. It's going to probably blow your mind if you had ever thought something else. But these are important. And this is not the most important. The salvation message is the absolute most important. But this is a phenomenal way to bring validation to the Word of God and help win souls for the kingdom. God bless you.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Top Podcast. I pray this podcast blessed and impacted your life. We would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed, left a five-star review, and shared with a friend or family member so we can spread hope in a lost world. Join me next week as we discuss another topic that emphasizes truth over popularity. God bless.